All right, John's Gospel, chapter number 6, we'll read in verse 1 again, uh, down through verse number 14. We've been looking uh, at these miracles in John's Gospel, and it seems as though each one of these miracles indicates something that the Lord still desires to do, whether He is lifting the scales from our eyes as He gives sight to the blind, or whether He's doing a work of transformation uh, a work of change as he turns the water into wine, or whether he's increasing faith as he does for the nobleman when he heals his son. But here in this text, we've uh, noticed a, a, a miracle of ministry. And it is emphasized in how Jesus takes this bread, as Paul refers to it as a ministry. And uh, he breaks this bread and he feeds the multitude. We have noticed that this is a miracle of a blessed ministry. Uh, the Lord is always the author and finisher of what He's doing. And I don't just want to be a part of something that's happening. I want to be a part of something that heaven is doing on earth. And uh, there will always be more come out of it than what goes into it. And it will prove to be a blessed ministry as we pointed out how so many were blessed by this. Then we notice that it was a miracle of a boy ministry, how the Lord goes into those least likely places to get those earthly substances with which he will perform a miracle through. Who would have thought it would have been a boy? But it was. And we emphasize that you're never too young, you're never too old. Uh, the Lord is willing to use and desires to use what you've got if you'll just render it to him. And then we notice how that he took the wholeness of these loaves and he broke them up. It's a truth throughout the scripture that if the Lord is going to feed the many, he's going to have to break up the whole loaf. And uh, he has to come into our lives and he has, to sort of, uh, he has to sort of separate some things and then he's able to take that and, and give it uh, to the multitude. There is that miracle of the broken ministry. But I want to go a step further for a few moments tonight and I, I want to preach on what I call the miracle of the basket ministry. I want to go to these latter verses and I want us to zero in on the baskets that are here in this text. Let's begin reading in verse number 1 down through verse number 14 and then we'll emphasize this, this basket ministry. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, 
There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fish as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. I want to emphasize these uh, baskets and how they seem to be a, a part of this miracle. Uh, many times when Jesus performs miracles, if you'll look at it, there seems to be miracles contained within the miracles. I could mention a couple right here, of course, the baskets being one. Uh, I thought about that boy. The miracle is that this boy would even have this bread at this stage. Looked to me like he'd already minced on it and eat it up before the miracle could take place. A miracle even had any bread here. But I'm glad the Lord's in charge of that. A miracle within a miracle. But the other miracle is these, is, uh, these baskets that are here. Uh, I, I, I see those baskets and, and uh, my mind begins to wander and say, well, where did they come from? Why are they there? Uh, who was it that carried those baskets and for what reason would they have been taken? Because nobody except for this boy had any food and there are no homes, there are houses out there. They're, they're in a desert place as the other writers say. And so there seems to be, uh, there seems to be something special about the miracle of these baskets. So there's simply three things that I want to emphasize about these baskets. First of all, when I think about these baskets, I, I think about the wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, of these baskets. Again, the question arising, why are they there? When it seems as though that, that miraculously the the number of baskets meets the need. Because when Jesus told them, he said, pick up all the fragments that nothing remain or nothing be lost. And they took these 12 baskets and they filled the 12 baskets, which suggests to me they didn't need 13 baskets. But there weren't 13 baskets. There's, as far as we know, just 12 baskets. So ironically, it's a wonder and an amazement that, that the baskets are there and then the number of the baskets fulfills the need that is present as far as the baskets are concerned. The very, uh, the very timeliness 
of these baskets, the mysteriousness of these baskets, the emptiness of these baskets, and then the fullness of these baskets. It is a wonder. But here is my emphasis. Any work that heaven does on earth will not be able, you and I will not be able to fully explain. There will always be an aspect of it that we'll just have to scratch our heads and say, we got no clue. And I can see as they carry these bags, somebody probably said to them, but, 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 but I said, I understand the bread. I understand where the bread, I know the miracle of the bread, but where are these baskets coming from? And I can hear the disciples say, you know, uh, nobody discussed that. Uh, nobody said we, we have got no clue. But isn't it a blessing to, to be a part of something that has that that mystique, that wonder about it, that the only thing that you could say is, is it was just a part of what God did. It was in His plan. It was in His program. We would have never thought about bringing a basket. I know I didn't order a basket. James never said he brought any baskets. Nobody else. The disciples cannot. For, for the rest, nobody knows. Nobody knows. We don't know to this day where and why the baskets are there other than God planned on it to be a part of a miracle. I'm going to tell you, have you ever been in the midst of a service where heaven came down and did a wonderful work and you left there, met a friend on the next day and began to try to tell them about the meeting and you just couldn't say it. You couldn't get it out. And finally you just had to say, well, I don't know. You just had to been there. We have lost the wonder and amazement for spending too much time trying to figure out what God didn't tell us. Let us not figure it out. Let us not try to discover it. Let us just say God did something beyond our understanding. We don't know why it happened that way, but thank God it did happen that way. And we sing about it. We praise God about it. We worship about it. We're glad that God's doing things you can't put down on pen and paper. There is no explanation. God just does some things. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? It is a wonder. It is an amazement. The second thing that I would say to you about these, the miracle of the baskets, not only the wonder of it, of things that cannot be described nor defined. You can only give God the credit for it. But these baskets became a witness. Now, if you want to take the time, you can go back to Mark chapter number 8. Each of these gospels, each of the gospels records this miracle. And uh, later on, after this miracle... In Mark chapter number 8, and especially in verse number uh, 17, I notice that Jesus has gotten the disciples and, and uh, they are leaving the uh, 
the Pharisees and so on. <coughs> and uh, he begins to talk to them about the leaven of the Pharisees. The sinfulness, secret sinfulness of the Pharisees. But the disciples don't get it. And they go over to the side and they begin to discuss among themselves. They said, he's upset. And the reason why he's mad is because he's talking about leaven and they connected that to to bread. And they said, he's mad because we didn't bring bread. And now here we are going to get over here on the other side and there's another multitude going to come and we're not prepared. Hey, think about it. How in the world could you have been prepared with a little boat for five or 7,000 people? You, you, couldn't have, you couldn't have brought enough bread to feed that crowd anyway. But somehow there again they are trying to figure that out. But Jesus knew what they were saying. And amazingly, in verse number 17, he asked them a question. He said, why? He asked about the bread. And uh, he, he says unto them in verse number 19, he said, when I break the five loaves of, of the, for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? Now, I don't know how long this is after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, but isn't it amazing that the one thing that Jesus brings to their attention is, is, is the baskets? Because what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to take them back to this wonderful experience and teach them a lesson from it. And he says to them, now listen to me, I want, <coughs> excuse me, he could, have, he could have told them all the information he asked them. This, this, this was a rhetorical question. He, he knew the answer to this. But he wants them to be able to share what happened back then. He doesn't want them to forget it. And he wants them to witness it themselves. And he said, I fed 5,000 back there. And he said, tell me about the baskets. And they said, well, there was 12 baskets. And there were 12 baskets that were full. In other words, he wanted them to think about those baskets. He wanted them to talk about those baskets. And then he wanted them to learn something as a result of those baskets. Which simply leads me to say this, is that when God does a wonderful thing in your life beyond explanation, isn't it that thing that we seem to draw from through our Christian lives on down the road? The miraculous things that he has done and, and those little, the, the things that might seem to be so small, the basket part of it that you couldn't explain seems to stick with you. You seem to learn from it and it's what you seem to talk about. The bad, you ought to have been there and seen the basket. I think about my own experience. I was saved in 1968 right in the middle of a genuine Holy Ghost Revival. As I look back on it and as others have discussed it, it lasted for two years. It was not only in the area where I was at, but I, I found out that during those same years that there seemed to be a stirring in several other states. 
And I've bumped into preachers that were saved during those times of revival. I'm just talking about having services. I'm talking about Holy Ghost meetings that were taken over by the Spirit of God. I was back preaching in that area here uh, last year and I asked a preacher that I hadn't seen since those days and I said to him, I said, Brother, how... how uh, do you ever bump into any of those that were saved and so on back during those years? He said, yes, sir, preacher, I've kept account of all of them. And he said, right now, there are 40 preachers that are either on the mission field or pastoring or doing evangelism out of that time of Holy Ghost revival. But here's what I want to say to you. All of that was so, it was so beyond our understanding. It was so beyond any explanation. We couldn't write down seven steps on how I've never been able to repeat it. I couldn't do it if I wanted to. I don't know how. But yet, that wonderful moving of the Holy Ghost has sustained me and fed me and instructed me and kept me out of false doctrines and so on for all these years. The breath of God. Though I cannot explain it, I know it's real, it's real. Thank God I know it's real. Oh, Jesus said, we're going to go back to the baskets. You're going to have to, we're going to talk about the baskets. The miracle of ministry, the miracle of the basket ministry. It has to do with the wonder of it. It has to do with the glorious witness of it. But the last thing that I would bring to your attention about these These baskets. I want you to notice with me that these baskets are a wonder. These baskets are a witness. But but bear with me for a moment or two. These these baskets are they are a winner. A winner. Boy, if you've ever been able to realize how profitable, now I don't want to use that in a fleshly term, in a fleshly sense, but how blessed it is to serve God. These baskets speak of that. These baskets speak of that. Do not think that you're going to serve God and give your all and then somewhere on, in the end you, He's going to shortchange you. And I'm not just talking about in financial ways, though sometimes it includes that, or physical ways, sometimes it includes that. But I'm going to tell you, even the faith of your children and them trusting God or other people, it, it is a scope of many things that God blesses us uh, as a result of our serve, being a part of His ministry. Thank God for it, a miraculous ministry. And then to realize that not only will He let you be a part of it, but He will reward you for being in it. It's a winner. You can't go wrong in serving God. Now, there's, uh, there's two aspects that I would, uh, I would emphasize as far as this matter of, the, of these baskets. First of all, I would say up until we get to the baskets, the whole ministry is about the multitude. 
Everything about the text is working towards feeding the multitude. The lad, the bread, uh, the disciples, everything has one focus in it. And I want you to understand this. When it comes to ministry, it's not about you. We're not in this for me. God didn't call me to preach so I can be uh, given accolades and be made rich and be made glorious and all this. It ain't about me. Before we begin to whine and cry, it's not about us. It is about those that He desires to minister to. It's about those who are in need. It's about those who are lost. It's about those that need the bread. It's all about them. It's not about me. And if it ever becomes about you, honey, the ministry's over because you'll get offended somewhere along the line. No preacher's going to keep preaching if it's all about him because, honey, he's going to get offended. No saint's going to continue doing the work of cleaning and vacuum or whatever it is if it's all about them because they're going to get aggravated because ain't nobody patting them on the back. Nobody's telling them how great a job they're doing and they're getting upset. But here, hey, before you get too upset, it ain't about you. This is not about you. It's not about me. I mean, if it was, it would, they, they'd have never got the job done. James would have said, James would have said, Peter, you take the bread to that side because I got a neighbor over there that happens to be here and me and him ain't getting along. I ain't taking him no bread. And I'll tell you something else. I got to noticing that Simon, he ain't carrying as much bread as the rest of us and he's eating some while he's carrying it and I don't like it. See what I'm talking about? First church I pastored had a fellow there that thought he was the watchdog of the church. And, uh, and he, he, you know, he happened to be uh, one of the deacons and we'd had a meeting and, and he got to whine and he said, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm troubled. I said, what are you troubled about in front of He said, well, I take up the offering. I just notice that people don't give uh, uh, like they're supposed to and like I do. Of course, I was young. I wasn't diplomatic. I wasn't politically correct. And I told him real quick, you know, that ain't none of your business. If you just give what God told you to give and quit counting what everybody else is putting in. That's why you're throwing in the towel, worrying about what everybody else is doing and everybody else is treating me. And they don't let me play the piano when I want to. And they don't give me the special time of singing. And I noticed they didn't say nothing about what I did in vacation Bible school. When it comes to a ministry, it's not about us. We need to understand it ain't about us. It's not about us. (laughs) 
I told you the other day, it, you know, it, it takes money for preachers to live and everything. But I was preaching in this church, and I drove all the way to, and I hate to give these persons, but I just want to give this to you to let you see what I'm talking about. But I drove all the way from North Carolina, I was living up there, all the way down to Alabama, and it, it, you know, and, and uh, all of these other things. And I don't know why the preacher, the only preacher that's ever done that, I'm going to get nervous if another one does, he gave me the offering on Sunday morning. He said, hey, oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> that was the beginning of the meeting. He said, here, preacher, we'll just give this to you this morning. I looked at that offer, and I'm telling you, folks, it wasn't enough to get me down there, let alone get me back. And I'm thinking to myself, why in the world did he give that to me this morning? I'd have been all right if he'd give it to me on the last night. But about that time, and God being my witness, the Holy Ghost said, yeah, and I want to see if you can preach now, boy. I said, Lord, I ain't here for that. No way. I promise you I'll preach. And I'm going to tell you, God came down in that meeting. I preached like the world is on fire. They didn't increase the offering, but I did what God told me to do. I wasn't there for that. No way. It wasn't about me. It was about somebody there that needed to hear the gospel. And I needed to know it wasn't about me. It ain't about singing our praises and making sure we're... No, no, no. If they don't ever say a word about what you've done, if they never pay attention to you, if you don't ever get to sing, just keep serving Him because you're a part of what He's doing. Now up till we get to these baskets... It's all about service. But as I have told you, that these baskets indicate that it really pays to serve God. God is not unrighteous in forgetting your labor of love. Now we don't serve Him to get. But you can't serve Him but what He won't bless you. I uh, do a youth meeting, and we do in Mississippi every year. Kids just come in from everywhere. There'll be about 200 every year. And it's all about the kids. And there are people that volunteer that come from other churches and all the people in that church, and I'm going to tell you, it's work. Cooking and being counselors and watching over them for the whole week. It's not about the workers. It's not about the cooks. It's, not about, it's about those young people. It's all, everybody knows that. Everybody knows you're coming now. It ain't about you. It's about them young people. But the last thing that happens before that, that, uh, that youth meeting ends up is that church will have went and got some, I'm going to call it baskets, little bags or whatever with a special... Uh, Things in it for all the ladies. They never do it for men, but all the ladies. <laughs> Hint. 
They, 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 for all the ladies and, and what those bags will have in it will be little old uh, trinkets and whatnots and things that they can take home but they'll take those things home I'm sure and put them on shelves but every time they look at those things they are reminded where they came from they came from that week that they spent serving God and ministering to those young people so for one 30 minute section of the time the whole time has been about the young people. But for that 30 minutes, it's about those who have given their week for those young people. And brothers and sisters, what a blessing it is to see the tears and the joy as they are reminded of their service in doing so. Now, did you notice in this text, now, how many disciples, how many apostles were there? How many baskets were there? Now these, as I illustrated the other night, these, these decide, I don't know how long it took to feed this multitude. There were 5,000 besides women and children, which meant if, they, if, if it was just the wife with them would have been 10,000, if it was the wife and three young'uns. And in those days, they had bukus of young'uns. But just three young'uns, it would have been 25,000 people. Who knows how many was there? All we know was there's enough to feed them all. But what I'm telling you is, it don't take a big crowd. We want those people coming in here that want something from God. (laughs) But here we have these 12 men doing all this work. How many hours it took? I've got no idea how many hours it took. They've carried bread and bread and bread and bread and bread and bread. If you just fed 5,000, could you imagine how long that would take and how much work that is? Here's the thing. When it's all over with, Jesus had a basket for each one of them. And it's almost like he said, boys, I appreciate what you've done. You've carried and these people have eaten. You've worked and you've sweated. I hadn't forgot that. Pick you up a basket as you leave. I got you a basket out there. Don't you love those times when the Holy Ghost will do something special for you and you'll cry and say, Lord, what are you doing this for me for? He said, well, I just want to give you a basket. I just wanted a blessing all along. He'll lay those baskets down there. Think about David in the Old Testament that, that, that fought those battles and served the Lord and God said to him, said, you wanted to build me a house. I won't let you build me a house. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to build you a house. Okay, he will bless you and bless you in many ways to see God's blessing upon your family, upon your children, upon your life. There's just no way to describe it. Every now and then, you'll say, appreciate you being faithful and carrying the load. Way out, I've got a basket for you. Now, I don't know what that basket is, but you'll know. <laughs> I was preaching a meeting with, well, and that preacher that has that youth meeting in his church happened to be there. 
And his church happened to be there attending like this church is. And, 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 and I was preaching and the Holy Ghost just moved through there. And he has a son that's uh, probably 14 years old. And, and the, he's a good boy and, and goes with him all the time. They do three or four or five rest homes a week and things like that. And the boy can play any kind of instrument. But he had never been saved. And that preacher's heart just tore out of him. Not that the boy was doing anything. He just knew he wasn't saved. And as I came down out of that pulpit that night and uh, it was over with, he leaned over and sobbed on my shoulder. The preacher did. He said, I just, I can't take it. He said, I want you to pray. And he called the boy's name. The boy wouldn't mind me saying it. He said, but I want you to pray for him. I just tapped him on the arm. I said, that's okay. He's got a basket for you. You've been serving all these young people for all these years. You've been setting it up and who knows how many of them's gotten saved. I want to tell you right now, God's got a basket for you. About two weeks later, he texts me and he said, Hallelujah, preacher. I got my basket Sunday morning. My son got saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! He's handed me so many baskets, I can't carry them all. And can you imagine? I don't know how big these baskets are. But since I'm doing the preaching, I'm just going to suppose that they're them, uh, them uh, horn-type baskets. I don't have no Bible for it, but I'm just supposing. Horn-type. And I'm going to suppose that they're pretty good size because they had to pick up the leftovers of 5,000 people and approximately more. So And can you see them going home with the basket? Somebody said, what you got there? He said, I got a basket. Where'd that come from? Well, we ain't figured that out. But Jesus had us a basket here. Get your little bread out of there. They carry that bread. Oh, look at what he's done. You get to take your own basket. And through the years, thank God for the basket. And I'm here to tell you, he's given us as a family many baskets. I preached about the brokenness last night. They'll be there. But they'll also be a basket. Hey, I ain't here moaning and groaning. I'm here thanking God for the basket. Every now and then he'll say, I got your basket out there on the way out, pick it up. Huh? I said, Well, Lord, what's that for? Well, I was just thinking how you've worked and labored. I wanted you to know that I hadn't forgotten. I hadn't forgotten your prayers as he didn't forget Abraham's prayers. I hadn't forgotten you in this old world as he didn't forget Joseph in his world when he raised him up. You can't go wrong serving others for God. You can't go wrong. <laughs> the miracle of the basket ministry. I can't explain where they come from. But Lord, they sure are wonderful. It's what keeps us going, ain't it? Huh? What keeps us thrilled? Them little nuggets and them little baskets. And the little things that God gives us out of His abundance and out of His miracle. Thank God for it. I, uh, I'm sure we could all stand and testify because this also is personal in our service for the Lord. 
I'm telling you, I just want to be a part of his, his miracle ministry. Just keep on serving him. But keep your eyes open every now and then. It's going to be a basket. The miracle of the basket.